This is Jay Baer from Convince and Convert, and welcome to the Content Pros Podcast, where you'll hear the strategies and secrets of the best content marketers in the world. The show is brought to you by Oracle Marketing Cloud, helping businesses use the latest marketing technologies to tell their stories and connect with their customers. The show is also brought to you by Vidyard, the best platform for creating, managing, and optimizing your video content marketing. And the show is brought to you by Uberflip, a content experience platform that allows marketers to create, manage, and optimize tailored content experiences for every stage of the buyer journey. The hosts of the show are Randy Frisch and Tyler Lessard. Find all links, archives, and more at contentprospodcast.com. Now, here's Randy, Tyler, and this week's special guest. Welcome to the Content Pros Podcast. I usually start off by saying that I'm joined by my good friend Tyler Lessard from Vidyard, but he's off today. But we've got an amazing guest joining me, Randy Frisch on the Content Pros Podcast. Now, the other thing you always hear me also start with is talking about Convince and Convert. Convince and Convert is you know, where Jay Bear spends most of his day helping companies figure out how to raise their game, be it in social, content marketing, their overall marketing guru status. And the great news is we have one of the strategists, Anna Harak, who's gonna join us today to talk about how she ended up joining Convince and Convert, and some of the things that she's doing to help a lot of us as content marketers level up. And what I mean by that is a lot of us all of a sudden had to become content marketers. Either we applied to an opening and never done it before, or they said to us in our company, you know what, you got to kind of help us with this content marketing thing because we're trying to figure it out and we hear it's all the fad right now. So Anna's going to join us. We're going to dig in. Anna, great to have you here. Maybe you can give a little context to us in terms of what you do at Convince and Convert and maybe even for our benefit, start before you even got there. Sounds great. Thanks for having me today, Randy. Really happy to be here. Oh, we're excited. Awesome. So my background. So I have been in the content industry, working with content in some way, shape or form for the last 11 years. Um, taking you way back to the beginning of my career, I actually started off as a traditional copywriter. So doing traditional billboards, radio scripts, the whole shebang. I started to see that one of my agencies was actually picking up a ton of web work. And I said, Hey, you know what? That sounds pretty awesome. I think I want to try that out. Lo and behold, it was awesome. I loved it. And I made my transition into digital content from there. So I've spent my entire career pretty much at advertising agencies. About a year ago, um, I met up with Jay and he said, hey, we have an opening on our team. Would you like to come be a strategist? Um, of course, I jumped on board at that opportunity and I've been with Convincing Convert for the last year. So just so we know, what does a strategist mean? Because uh, you know, I, I think some of us wonder what that means versus when we're a practitioner or, to your point, living at an agency. How does that strategist role kind of sit in between? So a strategist to convince and convert really sort of helps everybody do the planning. They set the strategy. They set the vision. Um, and they really work with brands. And they, we work with our clients to help them achieve their goals. We really are their counsel. We are their day-to-day go-to and gut check. So we help them really go from um, you know, getting out of the weeds, pull them out, and we help them see that vision. And we help them create that roadmap to success. 
That's great. So I'm, I'm more just personally curious. You know, we talk a lot in our company here at Uberflip about culture, right? And that we want everyone to have individual ideas. When you're part of a group like Convince and Convert that has you know so many great strategists, you know, not to mention Jay, how do you kind of balance you know those own personal experiences you have? And kind of the the best in breed, you know, network that you've created there, you know, to determine how you go to market with your ideas. Uh, good question. So I think you know you kind of hit the nail on the head there with Jay. So Jay really is the central part of everything we do at Convince and Convert. So nobody comes onto the team unless Jay has personally picked them or Jay knows them. And that's really kind of what makes it great is everybody on the team is already trusted. We've already been vetted. We already kind of know each other in many instances. Um, and we've worked with Jay in the past and we've in many instances worked with each other as well. So we really are just sort of a very close knit um, group of consultants who have a ton of experience. We like to say that there is no B team. You literally get the A team at Convince and Convert. So it's kind of easy to go to market with that because when people sign up with Convince and Convert, they know that they're getting the best of the best and they know that they're getting people with experience, with knowledge, with know-how. And in every single instance, we've been there too. Um, many of us have been on the client side before. So many of us have been on the agency side. We have that history and that experience to then help um, translate it to our clients. That's it's really interesting. So we, we promised everyone tuning in, this is not going to be a convince and convert infomercial. We're <laughs> going to get to like the real good stuff here. And and I kind of led off the podcast by by talking about where I want to go today, which is this challenge that I hear a lot of people come to me with. And it's it's funny. I, we have our own conference that's happening later this summer. It's it's actually in the next couple of weeks all about how to leverage content marketing. And and some of the people who end up coming to that will reach out to me and say, you know, I'm, I'm really trying to figure out how to make this a legit career, right? Which I kind of find funny because it's, it's funny that people don't think of it as a legit career. For a lot of us, we have a title like content marketing manager. But, you know, maybe you can speak about, you know, what you've seen out there about people needing to make this transition into content marketing and, and what they're struggling with. Absolutely. So I think the biggest thing that I've seen over the course of content marketing's rise is that a lot of times content marketing was just sort of assigned to someone. So it wasn't their primary responsibility. It was tacked on to their extra responsibility. And so people actually started, you know, investing in this and seeing some results and wanting to get better at it. But, you know, the thing of it is, is it's so new. Um, I mean, even though, you know, content marketing has been around in some way, shape or form, you know, for hundreds of years. Um, I mean, we could go all the way back to, you know, the John Deere example that everybody loves to cite with their magazine. Um, but really as a very solid practice and, and a very, you know, uh, something with a label on it, like content marketing, there wasn't, you know, a degree program in school. There wasn't really any formal training up until recently. So a lot of people have just sort of had to wing it and they've had to just learn as they go. And they've had to pull these new responsibilities into their existing responsibilities and kind of grow themselves. So there's a lot of homegrown content marketers out there. And that's fantastic because, you know, we're all learning every day and we're trying new things and, you know, we're uh, learning from our mistakes and, and we're getting better every day. So the, the progression of it has been kind of crazy and very fun and organic. Yeah, it's interesting. You know, I, I often try and compare the past to the present. I always think it's interesting to see like 
what is this most like that we went through, you know, maybe five years ago or 50 years ago? You know, how are, how do we see these cycles almost through maturity models? And one of the things I often try and compare content to these days is like what we saw with social, right? Social, social went through that rise almost five, 10 years earlier than I think what we're seeing with content. But when I talk to some marketing leaders, sometimes they say they're, they're viewing content a little different. And anyone who does social is going to hate me for this comment. But on day one with social, we all went and we hired very junior people, right? Like right out of school, let me put a 20-year-old on a computer and let them tweet, like whatever the verb was, let them do that, right? Or an Whereas, right, or intern, Um and, and it's not that they weren't taking it seriously. I think we just thought that that younger workforce would relate to this new medium. But content marketing is a little different. I don't know if, if you see that with a lot of your, your companies. Are they looking for that that young, right out of school person to jump into these roles? Or are they actually looking you know, for more seasoned experience quite often? I, I'm hearing more seasoned personally. I think, yeah, you know, it, it really depends from what I've seen. It depends on the content marketing maturity model at each company and where they're at. A lot of companies who are just starting to adopt content marketing still have a little bit of that. Well, we'll just go ahead and get a writer and they're going to write some blog posts and we're going to be fine. But a lot of the people who've been doing this for a couple of years now, or even 10, 15 years are saying, no, that's actually not the approach anymore. We really need strategy first. We then need to hire someone who can understand that strategy and translate it. So we need a more experienced writer or we need a more experienced content marketing strategist. So I'm still seeing both. Um, there's still kind of that preconceived notion, like we talked about with social, where you know people kind of see content as a free lunch, um, and that's not the case anymore. It's it's definitely far more nuanced and uh, far more involved than it used to be seen before. So when you're working with companies from a strategy perspective, as it ties to the term content marketing. What level in the organizations that you deal with are you starting to see sit around this table to talk strategy? Are we, are we at the CMO table very often or are we at the director or VP? And I'm talking large organizations, which I know at CNC you guys get involved with. What are you seeing in terms of representation for these strategic conversations? For representation for strategic conversations, it really still feels to me like sort of middle – you know, the marketing managers, the the copywriters, the content creators, they're the ones who really still feel like they're saying, okay, we are, we're doing content marketing. We're seeing some results, but we really could get better and we really could see more. And it feels like we're not tapping into something. Um, a lot of CMOs are getting it and they're getting on board, but they're not as involved with the day to day. So, um, a lot of times it's up to sort of that middle management or even sort of those, you know, the actual day to day tacticians to kind of raise that flag, um, and kind of translate up exactly how content marketing could be better for them at their organization. So I wonder why that is, right? I mean, you know, it's, it's funny. I mean, if, if you sit at that table, I think that there's, you know, there's definitely conversations when you get into, say, MarTech, like marketing technology, mm-hmm. where where people are trying to figure out, you know, demand gen budgets and marketing automation and, you know, leveling us up to that next point. Where do you think maybe the gap is in terms of maybe the ROI we need to show from content or something like that that's going to make this, you know, top of, top of the list? So I think that gap kind of exists in doing the actual work. I think there's, again, it's just sort of that 
preconceived notion about, well, it's just a blog post. So how long does that actually take? And that person who's actually writing that blog post saying, well, you know, let me break it down for you in order to create a, you know, um, a simple blog post, there has to be, you know, an hour's worth of research, there's, you know, 30 minutes of brainstorming, there's, you know, an hour to an hour and a half of writing. And, you know, maybe there's a half an hour of editing. So, you know, um, to a person who's sort of looking at everything from the outside, they're saying they're seeing just one blog post, but to the person on the inside, you know, that's five, five ish hours of work. So I think, you know, it's, it's more perception. Um, and unfortunately perception is reality for most. So it's just a matter of communicating what those gaps are. Yeah. It's really interesting. You know, it's, it's funny. I was talking to a colleague of mine in, in another company and they're, they're growing at a pretty aggressive rate. And he, he had told me that they had recently hired a new, I don't know if it was a VP or director of content, and that the guy had actually come from being the editor of like, it may have been GQ magazine or something of the sort. And when he said that, I realized, okay, this guy, and this guy was a CEO, he obviously gets it because he can understand that you know you come from an organization like that. That's their business. Creating content is a business with so many stakeholders. And maybe to your point, Anna, that's what we need to start to realize is it's not just the function of doing, it's the function of all the strategy that lives behind there. Totally. Yeah. I mean, without a strategy, and I think, you know, CMOs to their credit, you know, and not to say that they don't get it at all. That's, that's totally wrong. We've seen so many, you know, CMOs and C-level and executives totally jump on board and be all for it and be so supportive. And that, um, that has grown tremendously in the last few years. So definitely don't want to discredit any of them at all. But, you know, especially, you know, to your point where maybe outside of pure content creation organizations or somebody who actually is a publisher, um, it's just that adoption is slightly slower or maybe it's just a little bit more murky. So I think one of the things that we have to also focus on to raise the bar in terms of you know the importance of the content marketer is to raise the bar of the content marketer itself. So what we'll do, we'll take a short break here on Content Pros. We'll be right back after hearing some sponsors and we'll talk about how to level up as a content marketer inside of your organization. Hey Zoe. Hey Kelly. Do you know what I love? Benedict Cumberbatch. Yeah, him, but also Netflix and how it always shows me what I'll love, aka all the murder mysteries. Ooh, or documentaries about puppies. I wish there was a way to do that with B2B content. Well, hold on to your pants. So you know Uberflip, it lets you create a better content journey for your readers. So I can let my readers binge my content while my sales team also sends it out to prospects? You sure can. Amazing. How do I get it? Just head over to uberflip.com and request a demo. Welcome back to the Content Pros Podcast. I'm Randy Frisch and we have Anna Harak here from Convince and Convert. And we're going to dig in, as I said, on how do we level up as content marketers. And we started off the show by talking about being thrown into it, right? Either we come from a company where, you know, they're trying to look internally for who can take on this responsibility, or we came from another industry and we need to adapt to be content marketers in an organization. So, and let's suppose we were writing a blog post right now because we talked all about blog posts and we were looking for that cheesy, you know, three top three headline, right? Top three things that I can do as a content marketer to level up my skill set and level up the way the company perceives my value. How would you address the body of this blog post? 
So the top three things that content marketers can do to level up really first and foremost is check your strategy. Make sure that you understand the vision of what you're actually working towards. Any effort that you do without a strategy is never going to be as effective. Make sure you have at least some sort of loose goal set. Make sure your company at least has some sort of KPIs they're driving to, because that's going to ultimately make you be a success. I love that. That's something that I think you know we always hear from the Content Marketing Institute as an example. These scary statistics of the number of people who are approaching content as a company, let alone an individual, without starting with strategy. As you said earlier, everyone's just like, let's just create a blog post. Yeah, it's not about seeing what you know sticks to the wall anymore. It's about actually you know taking a look at what we're trying to achieve and then building that roadmap to those goals. All right, so we got number one. Give me number two. So the second one would definitely be to go out and take some time to dedicate to yourself and learn as much as you can. Um, Take an hour a week. If you can, take 30 minutes a day. Bookmark some of your favorite blogs. Um, Go read, you know, experiences, case studies. Whatever you are looking for, I guarantee you it is out there and somebody has written about it already. So you actually have the benefit of having almost too much information to look through. But just take some time and read for yourself and invest in yourself. I love that. I I always talk about this internally when we do our culture uh, session here at Uberflip when someone someone starts off and we say about the irony of the fact that to learn about content marketing, just turn to content marketing, right? It's just right there, standing there for you, waiting for you, embrace it. So I couldn't agree more. And I want to come back to this one, but I want to hear your third one first. So my third one would be to just go out and try. So just make sure you jump out there and try something new. Try something you've never done before. You won't know if it works or not until you try it and see the results. The entire product of content marketing is just because somebody wanted to try something new. They wanted to try a different approach and they just jumped out there and they just did it. So we're so scared of failure and having something not work. And, you know, obviously we need to be cognizant of ROI and KPIs. But if you go out there and you try a little bit at a time, it's not like you're blowing the whole budget on something. If you try a test and it doesn't work, now you know. That's better than, you know, just wondering if it's ever going to work. So I love that. Can you give us an, an example maybe of a company that you've been working with or something you guys even at, at CNC have done internally where you tried something new and it either you know worked amazing or even that it failed but you learned from it? Sure. Yeah, I have. I mean, I feel like my entire career has been built on, you know, sort of learning from my missteps and, you know, not necessarily even in a bad way. You know, you just kind of understand that, okay, this worked and okay, this didn't work. So we're going to do more of what does work. I think I see this a lot in terms of blogs, especially company blogs where, you know, this is a lot of times the product of, okay, we need to do content marketing. We have to do content marketing. So let's start a blog, right? It seems like the natural first step. It seems like an easy entry point. And what you start to see is that, you know, they're maybe getting a lot of traffic, but then they're not actually getting any conversions. So we, for the longest time, just had this notion that, you know, because we're creating content and people are seeing it, that that means it's a success. But unfortunately, at the end of the day, when we started tying KPIs to it, we started tying conversions to it and looking at sort of the entire funnel and how that works, we're seeing that maybe that's just not the case. Maybe that blog isn't actually a success. Maybe it's just sort of a failure and that's okay. Now they know. And it's, 
you know, it's okay to take those learnings and pivot and go with what works. Yeah, I, I couldn't agree with you more. I, I think it's, you know, it's funny. A lot of what we're talking about comes back to this idea of culture. Um, and it, it's really important that we ensure that our culture is aligned to everything we're talking about. So you gave us three really good key takeaways there. You know, I, I hope there is a blog post that comes out of this. You know, so the first one is check our strategy. The second one is make sure that we're always learning. And the third one is to try something new. And as I said, I want to actually come back to learning because, uh, you, you know, it's exciting that there's so much content out there. But it's also a little overwhelming at times, right? Mm -hmm. I mean, like, you know, between my inbox, my Twitter, now my LinkedIn, which is my go-to these days, you know, and even Instagram in some weird ways where I'm finding content these (laughs) days. It's like, I, you know, I have so much content to read. And especially when it comes to becoming a great content marketer, I can't read every asset. But you guys have actually, I think, realized that and done something really cool that I've been talking about on on this podcast for quite a few months right now, which is called the Content Marketing marketing class. So maybe you can talk to us about where this idea came from and how you've gone about executing it as a team. Yeah, absolutely. So the content marketing masterclass was actually Jay's idea. And it really came out of just this understanding of, you know, exactly what you just said. There is so much out there that, you know, we almost have the luxury of having too much content, but that can kind of create a lot of you know, decision paralysis, right? So, and there's so many different opinions and there's so many different, you know, quote unquote, right ways to do things that we really wanted to give just a very structured guided course on how to do content marketing. And the whole goal is to just make sure you have the foundation you need to get going with content marketing. And the people who attended our class are across the entire range. So they're everybody like we talked about at the beginning where a lot of them are general marketers and they just sort of adopted content marketing as part of their responsibilities. Others are actually seasoned content marketers who are just trying to say, what else can I learn? I'm doing something one way, but maybe there's another way to do it. Maybe I can actually learn some new skill sets. So it really runs the entire range. And it was really fun. Um, we actually got on weekly calls with them and everybody would throw out, you know, their questions and their conversations. And we'd get into like some really great, you know, philosophical questions. Sometimes we'd just chit chat about our weekends even, but it was really great to see everybody come together And have sort of just that trust with each other and be able to ask those questions that sometimes we don't feel we can ask because we're supposed to know them. Yeah, it's a tricky place to be, especially with an an industry or, or a role in an organization that's still so new. We expect experts. But as you said at the beginning, no one's really an expert yet. We're all kind of learning on the go here. So I'm wondering, maybe you could just you know, tell us a little bit more about the format, the investment, not, not from a dollar perspective, but the amount of time that someone is, is investing to go through this content marketing class, because that's another thing I think so many of us are struggling with these days is, is time and investment. There's so many things we want to do, but it's putting the time towards them. Totally. Yeah. And we actually had that in mind when it was structured. So the fantastic thing is that it was a 10 week course. So there's actually um, every week new content would be posted to the class and it would be a presentation given from Jay and he would break down different topics along the way. And they'd be, you know, anywhere from about 45 minutes to about 30 minutes. Most of them ranged about 30 minutes. So you get to see Jay sort of walk you through all of the concepts and explain things. And there were great examples. And then afterwards, you would actually get downloadable worksheets and you'd get to take 
what Jay just talked about and put it into practice for yourself. And that I think is the most beautiful thing is it's not just a webinar that you can attend in your spare time. It's actually learn then do. So you're learning these concepts, you're learning how, how convince and convert actually does a lot of the of the work that we do, and then able to apply it to yourself immediately. And everything is broken down into very bite-sized digestible pieces, and it's very guided and structured along the way. Um, as I mentioned before, at the end of every week, so typically um, content would be posted on a Monday, and then every Friday we would actually have a live Q&A call with Jay, um, myself, another one of the Convincing Convert Strategists who is also brilliant, Anthony Helmstetter, we would jump on and we would actually just take live questions from, you know, the, the attendees of the, the course. And it was just a really great, um, well-rounded course. So you got a mixture of webinar plus live assistance and that downloadable content. So I'm curious, you know, we talked about the, this idea that we should never stop learning. And in fact, it's, it's a big part of our culture here again. Um, but what's one big thing that you've learned just by assembling the content marketing course? I mean, you, you've been doing this, as you said, for 11 years, but I'm sure you've walked away with numerous of your own ways to level up. What's, what's the top way you've personally leveled up through putting together this course? So I think the way that I've leveled up from putting together this course and, and just being a part of it and getting on the phone with everybody every week is that done is better than perfect. And I know that that's almost becoming a bit cliche at this point because it is kind of a mantra that's out there right now, but it's really true. Um, again, going back to, you know, one of the things that we talked about earlier, which is, you know, just try, just get out there and try it. It doesn't have to be perfect. What you put out into the world doesn't have to be perfect the first time. Just put it out there and see what it does. You know, put it out there, um, see how people react to it, and then refine it. You can always refine it. That's the great thing that I love about working um, with web content is that it's it's always updatable. It's always changeable. Um, you know, we have this beautiful ability to learn from what's working and then keep doing more of that in almost near real time with analytics and, you know, uh, feedback and comments on, on social platforms. It's really kind of amazing. I love, I love that approach. It's, you know, one of my favorite books is the lean startup, which is a great mm -hmm. book by Eric, by Eric Rees. It talks about this idea of the minimum viable product that we have to get out there. And that idea of, as you said, don't worry about perfecting it, get it out, get feedback and iterate on that process as you go. So couldn't agree more. So we, we've got like a couple minutes left. And what we always like to do at the end is we'd like to get to know our guests outside of like work. So I just threw the, the concept of like one of my favorite books. Um, Without using a Jay Bear book, um, because we don't have to suck up to Jay on this podcast, <laughs> what, is, what is one of your, your all-time favorite books? It doesn't even have to be a workbook. It could be you know, just a book that, that gets you through a weekend. That is a great question. I'm, I have so many books. How about if I give one personal and one work? I love it. So uh, one of the books that actually really changed how I look at things, especially when I was working at an agency. And, you know, of course, working in an agency is amazing. I loved it. But everything was priority number one all the time. Um, one book that really helped me sort of restructure and prioritize was the infamous book Rework, which is just about, you know, cutting through a lot of the unnecessary work and getting to the heart of what really matters and how you're going to be most effective. And obviously it was from the creators of, you know, Seven Signals and Basecamp. And, you know, it's it's a bit of a, on the surface, it's a bit of a harsh book, but it's very sort of like that, you know, tough love kind of approach. 
Um, and so it, I think it really helped me. And then, um, one of my all time personal favorite books that I will love and read anytime is actually the great Gatsby. Um, I had to read it of course, back in high school English, uh, quite a while ago, but it's just a book that has always stayed with me and I love it. And I just, um, it's one that I will, uh, constantly treasure. That's, those are two great options, you know, between, you know, personal and work, which it's so important to have that balance. So we also like to get to know you outside of work. As I said, one of the things I'm just going to throw, because I'm randomly curious, I, we were talking about this when you were getting on the podcast today. You're in Phoenix, correct? Correct. Okay. So if someone's in Phoenix where it's so effing hot, right, <laughs> where do you go for vacation? Like, do you want cold or what, like, what is the mindset? That you're going away, you're going somewhere with what type of climate? Yeah, so it's it's funny. I mean, obviously, we've been on the news quite a bit this year with our 120 degree days, which I would like to clarify for anybody visiting Arizona that that is actually extremely unusual. Um, we even we I, I were thought like, you were going to say it's, it's a dry heat. Right. Oh, no, no, it's, it gets really humid. Um, but no, like even that we were like, come on, are you kidding me? So yes, the answer is we actually do look for cooler places. So uh, most of the time, what you're going to find is people head over to San Diego, which is only about a five hour drive away, or they actually head north. What a lot of people don't know about Arizona is that actually the sort of top um, half to one third of the state is actually high mountain and actually cold. So, um, you know, we actually get snow in Arizona and a lot of it once you get up to like the Flagstaff area. Interesting. Interesting. I always wondered that. I mean, it's, it's funny. I actually went to a cold destination recently in the summer just to get away and no one could believe it, but I was like, it's summer. I got to go somewhere cool, even though I'm Canadian, but, um, (laughs) but, uh, anyways, this has been great. And I, I really appreciate you taking time out of your day to join us on, uh, content pros podcast. Uh, as I always tell people, there's so much more great content coming from convince to convert. And I, and I think you've, proven that today, uh, not to mention this amazing opportunity for us to all level up as, as content marketers through content marketing class. And I, I believe it's at contentmarketingclass.com. Is that correct? I believe so. All right. That's, that's how you know it's genuine. We don't, we're not even pushing the real URL. Uh, anyways, thank you so much. For those who have tuned in and enjoyed this podcast, there's so much else to find at convincingconvert.com. As well, come to contentprospodcast.com and check all the other back issues we have. You can find us on iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play. Whenever there's an opportunity to leave feedback, let us know how this podcast can be better. And until next time we thank you so much for making time for the content pros podcast this is jay bear and thanks for listening to content pros please leave a review and subscribe on itunes or on your favorite podcast listening app go to contentprospodcast.com for a complete show archive and greatest hits content pros is sponsored by convince and convert oracle marketing cloud and by uberflip it's produced by my team and i at convince and convert media interested in being a guest or a sponsor on the show visit us at convinceandconvert.com.